Now, what I want to talk about this, uh, tonight is obviously on the whole theme of harvest and rejoicing because it's harvest time. And I'm rejoicing because I wasn't singing bringing in the sheaves. To be honest, I don't really know what sheaves are, so I can't know what that's about. I'm not that old. But I, I was rejoicing a few weeks ago bringing in the bales, the round bales. They're all in, they're all safe, stacked up. Mind you, have a good few of them used already. <laughs> but anyway, what I want to talk about tonight is the whole theme of, you know, harvest. But I want to use it from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I'm going to read a few verses out of Isaiah chapter 5. And this is what it says. Um, you can read along there if you want. We're talking about harvest. I will sing for the one I love a song about a vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up, cleared it off the stones, planted it with choice vines. <clears throat> he built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it e yielded only bad fruit. Now, can you imagine <clears throat> how disappointed it must have been for God? He went to all this work. He dug up the, the, the soil. In other words, we were talking about it earlier on. He literally plowed the field. And when he had the field all plowed, the next thing he had to do was he had to clear it of all the stones. You know, I remember years ago, my dad was obsessed with reseeding. Every field in our farm was reseeded, and we hated it. Because the day a man came to our house to plough any field, we spent weeks, I mean weeks, gathering stones. And I hated that job. The whole lot of us, but we had to do it. I'm sure you've done it as well. And that's what's going on here. God has ploughed this field, he's got rid of all the stones, and he's planted the choices vines. Then he come along and he built a watchtower, called out a wine press, but he looked for a crop. He looked for a harvest. That's what we're here to celebrate. But what happened? All he got was bad fruit. Very disappointing in Isaiah chapter 5. God wanted fruit. Now, when you read this story, the vineyard is the church. Right? And when you read the Bible, it talks about a vineyard. In fact, there's some churches, there's a whole group of churches called the vineyard. I'm sure you've heard of them. There, there are many names for the church in the Bible. You know, it's called the flock of God. So when you come into this church, you're coming into a flock. We're a flock of sheep. Isn't that right? And everybody said, Amen. Well, once, before I was a Christian, I was a lost sheep. I got saved, the good shepherd came into my life, Jesus the good shepherd, and he put me into a flock. Not this flock, although I kind of stray into this flock every so often, <laughs> but my flock is in Bailey and there's lots of flocks of sheep, but Jesus is the shepherd over all the sheep. That's the name for the church. The church is called the family of God. Every one of us in this room come from a different family. I don't know what kind of a family you come from, maybe all messed up, whatever, but when you come to church, you're coming into God's 
family. And we've got one father, and his name is Abba. Let me tell you something. He's a good father. He's a good, loving father, and he loves his children. When we come together on a Sunday, we are his family. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? And another name for the church, I could go on, that's a sermon in itself. Another name for the church is the vineyard of God. My, uh, a neighbor of mine a few months ago, he went on holidays, and when he came back, I said to him, where did you go on your holidays? And he said he went to Tuscany, which is in Italy. Now, he's a farmer. Do you know what he said to me? PJ, for the two weeks I was in Tuscany driving around, I never saw a cow. No cows in Tuscany. All there is is little rolling hills and rows and rows of vineyards. That's all you're going to see when you go to Tuscany. There's no cows. Very sad. Bring one with you if you want. <laughs> now, you don't have to go to Tuscany to go to a vineyard. When you come into this church, we are the vineyard of God. So what have we got in a vineyard? We've got rows and rows of vines, and they produce grapes. Amen? Loads and loads of grapes. Lovely, fresh grapes. Really nice to eat. I'm sorry, I can't eat and talk at the same time. I didn't go to Tuscany for these. I went to Tesco's. <laughs> Cheaper. Only down the road. Now, the other thing you have when you produce grapes is the end result is wine, okay? And this here is lovely wine. It's Ribena mixed with water. It's not real wine. If it was real wine, Linda'd have to bring me home the whole way to my house and tell me something. I wouldn't be looking forward to that, that drive. <laughs> so I, I'm not drinking. I'm driving myself. Now let's put this into a spiritual context. The vineyard is the church. The fruit of the vineyard is the grapes. But these grapes represent the fruit of the Spirit. Right? And the end result of this fruit is that God wants wine. That is why you plant a vineyard. What is the point in having cows if they give no milk? What is the point in having sheep if you've no wool? No money in, no money in it anyway, is that? <laughs> But what is the point in having a vineyard if all you're going to get is bad fruit? Now, when you become a Christian, God puts his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Isn't that right? That means you now have the... First of all, you go to a church. It could be this church, wherever church you go, you are now in God's vineyard. And what does God want you to do in the vineyard? He wants you to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine of them. So when you become a Christian, you can now produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, before I was a Christian, I produced fruit. But the kind of fruit I produced and knew was this kind of fruit. And let me show you the kind of fruit that you produced before you became a Christian. And this is what it says. Now, the fruit of the flesh 
are obvious, which are sexual immorality, uncleanliness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, rivalry, division, heresy, envy, murder, uh, drunkenness, orgies, and these, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, even as I also forewarn you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Before I became a born-again Christian, and you, we were producing fruit. That's what you call bad fruit. That fruit is rotten. That's the fruit of the enemy. That is the fruit of the flesh. But when you become a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit comes in, lives on the inside of you. And because it's the Holy Spirit, you begin to produce not that kind of fruit, but for the first time in your life, you begin to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit begins to take over your life. Amen? Are you with me so far? Now here's the problem. <clears throat> as long as you produce fruit, the devil is watching. Do you know when you become a Christian, Jesus becomes your best friend, and the devil becomes your biggest enemy? Before I was a Christian, the devil left me alone. Because I was producing this kind of fruit. Leave PG alone. He's not producing anything good. He's one of mine. But when you become a born again Christian. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. And you start to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The devil doesn't like this. Do you know what he wants to do? He wants to come into your life. And he wants to steal your love. The devil wants to come into your life. And steal your peace. Now, there's a funny little verse in Song of Songs which describes this. And what happens in Song of Songs, if I can do it, it says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that run in the vineyard, our vineyards that are in bloom. Now, believe it or not, and you might think this is quite funny, but foxes actually love to eat grapes. Now, I thought foxes would only eat chicken. Right? But they actually love to eat fruit. We had a dog once, a little collie, and he used to climb up on ditches to eat gooseberries and blackberries. He loved them. It's amazing. I thought he was a vegetarian. But it's amazing that actually the amount of animals who actually love fruit. Do you know that, slug, that, that hedgehogs normally eat slugs? That's about all they can catch. They're so slow. But do you know another thing hedgehogs love to do? Believe it or not, hedgehogs love to go into a garden where there's fallen apples on the ground, a couple of weeks, and eat those juicy apples on the ground that are starting to ferment. And this is a fact. They can eat so many fermented apples that they actually get drunk. Because the apples are fermented. You ever see a drunken hedgehog? That would be some scenery. At least the four legs instead of two. <laughs> That's one comfort. Now, the devil wants to come in as a little fox. He wants to come into this church. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to run around. Remember, the church is the vineyard. And as you produce fruit, the devil wants to come along and steal the fruit of the spirit that's at work in your life. Let me tell you something, and this is very important. Don't let the devil steal your love. Don't let the devil steal your peace. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Because once the devil gets in, 
and starts to eat your fruit, guess what happens? If there is no fruit, there is no harvest. We wouldn't be here today if there was no spiritual harvest. If you want a harvest, you've got to have fruit. And if you want that, that fruit in your life, you've got to deal with the enemy who's coming in those little foxes and stealing all the time out of your life. Now, in, in Isaiah chapter 5, Jesus is saying, I want to sing about the one I love. I want to sing about my vineyard. Now, isn't this interesting? That we have grown up with this idea, and we were singing lovely praise songs to Jesus, weren't we? We were singing songs, thanking him for the harvest, thanking him for the, the sunshine and the rain and the fruit. And as Christians, we offer up praise and worship to Jesus. That's what we do. But did you ever think for one minute that God, that Jesus wants to sing over you? He is a song for you. And that's how this begins. I want to sing about the one I love. Do you know right now, Jesus wants to sing a song for me? Why? Because he loves me. Jesus wants to sing a song for you because he loves you. You ever see a mother or a father singing a song over a child to put it to sleep, to calm it down if it has a problem or a toothache or something? Don't you sing over a child? Do you know we're God's children? And when you get annoyed, when you get frustrated, when something goes wrong in your life you can't understand, do you know what God wants to do? He wants to say, PJ, I just want to sing about you because I love you. I died for you. I give my life for you. But this verse goes on to say, I want to sing about my vineyard. Who's the vineyard? The church. God wants to sing all over this church. He's got beautiful songs for us to listen to in the spirit. We not only offer up our songs and our praise to God, but he wants to sing about us. The Lord thy God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will rejoice over you with singing. He wants to sing about this. Now what we see here in Isaiah 5 is that God went to all this work and he planted a massive vineyard he done all the work in the vineyard. He took out the stones. He plowed it all up. He put in a wine press. He put in a watchtower. But what did he get in return? He got bad fruit. No fruit for, to worship. Nothing there. So if you were living back in those days, we could not have a harvest celebration like this because there is nothing to celebrate. There is no fruit. So what is the answer to the fruitful vineyard. What is the answer to a vineyard that produces bad fruit? What is the answer to a church where there is no love, where there is no joy, where there is no peace, where there is no patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control? What is the answer to the church, which is the vineyard of God? Well, the answer is one word, Jesus. In fact, Jesus is the answer to every problem in the whole world. Would you agree with that? There's a song about this, isn't there? Christ is the answer to my every need. Now, this is what God the Father said. God the Father said to Jesus up in heaven, I want you, Jesus, my son, to go down to this earth 
And I want you to show my people whom I love. Remember that? How to produce fruit for me. Because all I'm getting so far is bad fruit. And those little foxes are constantly eating away at the fruit. So between bad fruit and little foxes, I have nothing. My vineyard is empty. Now, when you go to John 15, everything changes. Because this is what it says, and I'm just going to read a few verses out of John 15. Jesus says, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that he will, he will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like branches that are thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, Ask of me whatever you do, and I will do it. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing that you are my disciples. Now, Jesus wants fruit. And the only way he could get fruit in the vineyard was to send down his son, Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the true vine. In other words, if you want to bear fruit, you've got to know Jesus. He is the one who is the true vine who's going to show you how to bear fruit. In other words, Jesus came all the way from heaven, down to this earth, went into the church, the vineyard, and said to the people in the vineyard, in the church, it's all about me. I'm going to show you how to produce fruit. I am the true vine. Now you have to understand that if you were living in Israel in Bible days, you're all familiar with the temple. Remember the big temple in Jerusalem? That was the center of their worship. And on the outside of the temple, there was a gate going into the temple. And on the gate, there was a golden vine. And if you were a rich Jew, you would go with some gold to a blacksmith and he would make a little grape like this and you would go to this golden gate to the vine and you would pull it on it and it would be soldered into the vine. So can you imagine as you went to the temple in Jerusalem, a big beautiful gate with a lovely golden vine on the outside of it. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He brings his disciples together at the temple. They see the golden vine. And Jesus says, by the way, I am the true vine. That vine is made of gold. 
These, vine, these grapes here are grapes, okay, but in a few days' time, they're going to go off. They're not going to last. But what's Jesus saying? These natural grapes are going to perish. That golden vine might be beautiful and expensive, but guess what? I am the true vine. What Jesus is saying is this, I'm, I'm the real vine. All those other vines are not real. I am the real thing. Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're coming to the real thing. Anything else in the world can either perish or lose its value. But when you come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're coming to the real thing. I remember when my son Aaron was about four years of age, I had him out on the tractor, steering it. Up and down the field, we were rolling the field. It was a lovely summer's day with the wipers on, the washer on, the radio on, the sunroof open, the indicators on. Any buttons on the tractor, everything was on. If somebody see me, you think that man's gone mad. But he loved the track. He loved that experience. And he talked about it for a long time after. To the extent that when Christmas came, guess what Santy got him for Christmas? A tractor. Wow, a toy tractor. And he opened it, and he looked at it, and he didn't like it. Now, isn't it embarrassing when you go to all that work to buy something for your child that you think they're going to enjoy, and he's looking at it, and he doesn't like his tractor? Very disappointing. Poor Santi. Santi was crying. What are we going to do? A couple of hours later, I said to my son, I says, why did you not like this lovely tractor that Santi got you for Christmas? It's so beautiful. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, that's a toy tractor. I wanted a real tractor. A real one. That cost Santi about 40 pounds or euros. A real tractor's about 90 grand. <laughs> I can't afford that, and Santi can't. He has a budget. But I never forgot it. He was only a child, but he realized, hey, that's a toy. I want the real thing. When you come to Jesus, you're coming to the real thing. That gold in the temple, the vine, that's not the real thing. The real thing is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is telling his people, a couple of things here in John 15. Verse 4, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine. So if you want to produce fruit so that there's a harvest, you've got to come to Jesus and you've got to remain in the vine. When you come to Jesus and remain in him, then he goes on to say, in verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear, he proves that it will produce even more fruit. Now, if you are working in a, a vineyard, that's the only tool you need. That there is a pruner for pruning roses, <laughs> okay? I don't have a vine at home. But if I was to go around, I could probably clip off some of these things here. Because it's a pruner. Now, if you were in a vineyard, your job in the vineyard is to look at the vine. And when you look at the vine, and if you see that there's something rotten on it, you prune it. You cut off 
all the dead grapes that are on it. They need to be sharpened, by the way. This wouldn't be any good in the, in the vineyard. But that's what the vine dresser does. He goes around, and if he sees bad fruit, he cuts it off. And if he sees a part of the vine that's producing fruit, he keeps it from side to side that it will produce more fruit. Now, let me tell you something. When you become a Christian and you start to produce fruit, the Holy Spirit is like the pruner. The Holy Spirit wants to come into your life. And one of the things that God wants to prune out of your life is pride. Pride. Because pride will rise itself up and say, I'm not going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need to go to this vineyard. I'm going to stay at home and watch satellite TV instead of listening to this preacher on a Sunday morning. I'm going to do my own thing. That's pride. If you are a Christian, you need to be connected to Jesus and you need to be in a vineyard that is growing and producing fruit. And the job of the Holy Spirit is to come and prune things in your life that are bad and are holding you back from producing fruit. But what about the devil? What did Jesus do about the little foxes that are running through the vineyard? It's very warm up here. I'm just going to take off this jacket here for a minute. Right? What do you think of my jumper? It's not my jumper, it's my wife's, okay? We share each other's clothes. That's a good marriage. She wears my Wellingtons, and I can wear her jumper. That's a good deal, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit small. It suits my wife better than me, because she's got the red hair to go with the fox. You've never seen a bald fox, did you? <laughs> but anyway, now, this is the problem. As cordon as you produce the fruit of the Spirit, remember, as cordon as there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness in your life, you're beginning to produce fruit. The Holy Spirit is coming along. A little bit of bad fruit here, I'm going to cut it off. And if I see great fruit here, I'm going to turn it around, take away the leaves so that the fruit of the Spirit is growing in your life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But the little fox, the devil, he wants to jump into the church. Now, the, the, the little fox, why doesn't he go down the road and kill somebody's chickens? Wouldn't that be better? Because foxes like chickens. But he doesn't want to do that because the fruit in the vineyard is very tasty. You say to a fox, chicken or grapes? No brainer. I'll have the grapes any day. They are tasty and they are sweet. I can eat chicken any day. And anyway, as far as a fox is concerned, you know, first of all, you have to kill a chicken. Then you have to drag it away and you have to pull all the feathers off it. That's a lot of work, isn't it, for a fox? Think about it. Isn't it much easier to jump into the church and eat the fruit of the Spirit as it grows in your life? Do you know the sad thing is this? I'm sure you'll agree with this, that most Christians are unaware that the little foxes is eating away at your fruit. He loves it, don't you? He loves this. Look at yum, 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 yum. Oh, he just loves eating that fruit. Yum, 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 that's very tasty. Loves to eat the joy. He loves to eat your peace. He loves to come in and just eat away at all the fruit in your life. What are we going to do with the little foxes? Now remember the little foxes represent the devil. It is the devil. Well, let me tell you something. 
When Jesus was finished with this saying, I am the true vine and you are the branches, that was seven times Jesus said, I am. You ever hear the seven I ams of Jesus? This is the last time Jesus will say, I am. In this case, I am the true vine. From now on, Jesus is on his way to the cross. Now, when Jesus went to the cross, guess what happened? When Jesus died on the cross, died on the cross, guess what happened? Down into hell. And he rose up from the dead. And when Jesus rose up from the dead, he conquered sin and death. And he defeated the enemy. The devil has been defeated at Calvary. Amen? You can whisper hallelujah if you want. I don't mind. Now, I'm going to take off this jumper as a reminder that this fox is no longer going to eat my fruit. Right? Do you mind? Okay. So what happened on the cross? On the cross, Jesus defeated sin and death. That means that on the cross, the little foxes that were constantly eating my fruit has now been defeated. When Jesus went up into heaven, he went to his father, and for the first time, the father in heaven got fruit. How does Isaiah 5 begin? Sing about a vineyard. God wanted a fruitful vineyard. But all he got was bad fruit. And then the little foxes ate it. But when Jesus died on the cross, the devil is defeated. Jesus goes up to heaven and he says to the Father, I've given love, I've given joy. Do you know Jesus went to the cross for the joy that was set before him? He gave peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you imagine the Father in heaven saying, for the first time ever, Father in heaven got fruit that will last for all eternity. You imagine the joy in heaven when the Son went to the Father. Do you know why? Je As a result of that, do you know what Jesus is called? He's called the first fruits of the resurrection. The first fruits. What does that mean? That means if, God, if Jesus went up to heaven and produced this fruit to the Father, and he's the first fruits, that means there is much more fruit to come. Amen? Now, when God the Father was doing that up in heaven, down in Israel, a farmer, is there any farmers here tonight? Any farmers? No? No farmers here tonight. One, two, three, four, five. You can smell a few, there's a few more. In Israel, a farmer went out into a field of barley and he noticed in the middle of the field that, the, ha that the, the, the barley had ripened. He got so excited, he went with a sickle and he cut a sheaf of barley and he brought it to the high priest in the temple. And the high priest in the temple waved it in front of all the people in the temple to tell the people in Jerusalem, guess what? The harvest has just begun. This is the first sheaf of barley. 
It's not ripened yet, but we just got one little bit that is ripened, and that means that the harvest is ready. While that was happening, God, Jesus is presenting his father with the first fruits, telling that there's more to come. Now, fast forward 50 days. In Israel, guess what happens? All the fields are ready, and out goes the harvesters to bring in the sheaves. It's the main harvest. But guess what happened? 50 days later in heaven, we come to the day of what? Pentecost. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, on the vineyard, and guess what happened? 3,000 people got saved. You see the difference? What's going on in the heavens is now going on on the earth. 3,000 people got saved. All because of this wonderful harvest that Jesus was talking about. God the Father wants a harvest out of your life. In order to have a harvest, you've got to bear fruit. I want to challenge you today. What kind of fruit are you producing in your life? Are you producing bad fruit? We talked about the bad fruit earlier. It's terrible. It's the fruit of the flesh. Or are you a Christian that's producing in your life love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? But... The little foxes are coming along and eating your fruit. And if you're not careful, those little foxes will come along and eat your peace, eat your joy, eat your love, eat your uh, faithfulness, gentleness. And if you're not careful, you'll realize, I'm a Christian 20 years, I've got no fruit. Because I didn't stop the foxes from coming in and destroying my vineyard and destroying the church. Because the church is the vineyard. Let's keep the, let's keep the foxes. Do you know what a lot of people do? They come along, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. Do you know what I'm going to do with this jumper? Give a guess. Exactly. Do you know what most Christians do? When something goes wrong in their life, I hate you, I don't like you, I don't like you, I hate this church, I hate being a Christian, I hate everyone, I'm jealous, I'm angry, I'm fed up of everyone, I don't like anybody, I don't even like myself. And they allow the little foxes to come into their lives and it destroys everything that they ever had. And what happens? You come to a harvest celebration like this, but deep within you, you know, I really nothing to celebrate. I have no love in my life. I have no joy. I've got no peace. I've got no patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I'm not producing anything. I'm just going to church and maybe doing the rounds. But inside of me, there's nothing. Because you've allowed the little foxes to eat your fruit. Don't let those little foxes in. God wants you to have a harvest. Now, how do we stop this from happening? In John chapter 15, here's the key. Remain in me. If you want to produce fruit, what you have to do is to remain in Jesus. You've got to be connected to the vine. I hope today that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
and that you're walking with Jesus. Number two, you've got to stay in his word. Let me tell you something. If you don't stay in the word of God, you'll soon dry up. You need this word of God constantly because the Bible tells us that we are to remain in him, in verse 7, and to remain in his word. The next thing you need to do, if you've got no fruit in your life, is you need to go back to the cross. Go back to the cross and say, Jesus, I have no fruit. I have no harvest. And you need to repent and you need to take those little foxes and say, in Jesus' name, I bind those little foxes. I surrender. Because at the cross of Calvary, Jesus won the victory for you. So those foxes, the devil has been defeated. Come back to the cross and when you do that and you remain in Jesus you will produce fruit that will last for all eternity this fruit will last for all eternity and the very last thing that Jesus said in John 15 is this is my command love one another that is the greatest fruit of all. It's actually the first fruit of the Spirit. We are to love one another. That was Jesus before he went to the cross. Remain in me, abide in me, hold on to my word, remain in my word, and love one another. It's easy to say, but in every vineyard, you're going to find people who get each other the wrong way. If you want to have fruit in your life, we've got to love one another. And when we come back next year, do you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a harvest, and there's going to be loads and loads and loads of fruit. Because we're all producing the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And then we can celebrate with each other a wonderful harvest for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And God is going to look down in this church do you know what he's going to do? He's going to sing about his vineyard. That's you and me. He's going to sing about the one I love. That's you and me. Because we're all producing the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.